Many years ago, I, I came across a statement of Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones that puzzled me. He said, the message of the Old Testament is the same as the message of the New, except that in the Old Testament, it's easier. Welcome to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith. And Colin, you're going to have to explain that because the first time I heard that, it didn't make sense to me. I had exactly the same reaction. It's intuitive to think the Old Testament's much harder. But here's the thing. The Old Testament is full of stories. So whereas in the New Testament, we have some profound doctrines that are laid out, like the new birth, um, the Old Testament uh, presents these great truths in an illustrative and a, a very uh, tangible kind of a way. So we're in the story of Joseph. Here's a story of the loved and favored son who is hated by his brothers, uh, who ends up uh, leaving his own home and going into another place, uh, bringing blessing in the place where he goes, but ending up being falsely accused and uh, severely mistreated. Now, all of that points us straight into the marvelous truths about the Lord Jesus Christ, but it does it in such a wonderful way that a child can understand and make these connections. That's why teaching Bible stories to children is such a wonderful thing because it gives us a framework for understanding the central truth of the Bible, which is all about our Lord Jesus Christ. We're in Genesis chapter 39 and we're beginning the message called Blessed and Successful. Here's Pastor Colin. We're continuing to look at the story of Joseph, which gives us a series of snapshots of a godly life. What can you expect as a follower of Jesus Christ? What will our experience as believers be? And we've already seen a couple of these snapshots. The first is that in Christ you are loved and favored. That was the first snapshot of Joseph, the loved and favored son. And we saw, of course, that that points us to Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is dearly loved, highly favored by the Father. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And we saw that by being joined to him by faith, the love and favor that by nature is on him, by grace also comes to be upon us. Then last week we looked at a second and a very different snapshot of what it is to live a godly life when we saw that Joseph was also hated and despised. So in the same way as Jesus Christ was loved and favored by God and yet at the same time was hated and despised by the world, there will be a reflection of that in our experience as his followers as well. Which is why in Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 12, we're told that all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. It will be part of our experience as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ that we share in some way in the rejection that was his in this world. Now today, we come to a third snapshot of a godly life, and I've called it simply blessed and successful. The word success is used twice in the six verses that were uh, read to us. And so I want you to notice as we're putting these snapshots, as it were, together and arranging them on the page in the album, so to speak, I want you to notice that the experience of a Christian believer in this world is always mixed. And at times, therefore, our experience in this world may even seem contradictory. Loved and favored, though hated and despised, yet blessed and successful. 
You say, how can all of these snapshots cohere on the same page? How can these experiences all be true at the same time? And the answer, of course, is that they are true in the Christian life at the same time because we are in Christ by faith, and yet at the same time we are still living this life in the flesh. We are citizens of heaven, and yet we are living this life here on earth. Uh, Don't be surprised, therefore, if sometimes you find it difficult to make sense of your experience as a Christian. Don't be surprised if there are times when you say, I don't quite see how all of this fits together. At the same time, you are experiencing both the pain of what is and the joy of what is yet to come. That's the nature of the Christian life in this world. Now, the story of Joseph is wonderfully helpful to us because it gives us this composite of snapshots as to what we are to expect in the very varied experience of a Christian life in this world. But then there's something more that we're seeing here in this uh, series, and that is that the story of Joseph is a floodlight to shine on the Lord Jesus Christ, to tell us who he is, what he has done, and all that is ours in him. Many years ago, I I came across a statement of Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones that puzzled me. He said, the message of the Old Testament is the same as the message of the New, except that in the Old Testament, it's easier. And I thought, surely the great man's got it the wrong way around, because I always thought the Old Testament was harder. Didn't you think that? You know, the New Testament's an easier book, the Old Testament's a harder book. But he got it exactly the right way around for this reason, that the New Testament is full of the most profound spiritual truth, whereas the Old Testament is full of the most earthy human stories. And the reason that the earthy human stories are given to us in the Old Testament is to shine a light giving us greater understanding on the profound spiritual truth that is in the New. So, for example, in the New Testament, we read a staggering spiritual truth that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, laid aside his glory. Now, how am I to think of that? What is it for the Son of God to lay aside his story. And then I go back into the Old Testament and I find his glory. Then I go back into, into the Old Testament and I, I find the story of, of Joseph. And what does he have? He has this marvelous coat of many colors. But now it is laid aside and he appears in another place in Egypt. And nobody sees the magnificence of his coat indicating his status as the loved and favored son. All that they see is a servant, a servant who comes to work for for Potiphar. Nobody sees that he is the loved and favored son. So there's just a little window in that story into something of Christ and of his glory being laid aside as he comes as the servant into the world. Helps me to picture it. 
Today we're going to see in the verses that are before us what I think is one of the most wonderful and clearest pictures of the profound spiritual truth in the New Testament that we are in Christ. What does it mean to be in Christ? What does it mean to be blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ? How does that work? That's a profound spiritual truth. Watch it being illustrated so clearly, so beautifully in an earthy human story today. Now, just then, before we pass on from that, this is why we are given the Old Testament stories. And this is why it is really important for parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, cousins and friends, and Sunday school teachers to teach the great stories of the Old Testament. But we must always teach them in a way that shows their connection to Jesus Christ. Because if we don't show their connection to Jesus Christ, then we miss the whole point as to why they were given and why they're there in the first place. They're not just to teach us sort of moral lessons about life, though there's much of that, and we'll see much of that today. But there's more there. They are floodlights on our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, helping the young and the old to have a framework of mind in which we are able to grasp who he is and what he has done and all that can be ours in him. So today then we're looking at Joseph, blessed and successful in Potiphar's house, Genesis chapter 39, these marvelous verses that are before us. The outline is very simple. God's blessing was on Joseph. Potiphar put Joseph in charge of all that he had. God's blessing came to Potiphar through Joseph. You're listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and the message Blessed and Successful, part of the series Snapshots of a Godly Life. And if you ever miss any of our broadcasts, you can catch up by going to the website openthebible.org.uk. There you can find all the messages up to date and a lot of other information about Open the Bible. And we're going back to the message now, which is called Blessed and Successful. Here's Pastor Colin. The outline is very simple. God's blessing was on Joseph. Potiphar put Joseph in charge of all that he had. God's blessing came to Potiphar through Joseph. We're going to look at Joseph's story for the largest part this morning, and then Potiphar's story, and then see how this shines a light on God's story. First then, Joseph's story, and the first three verses, God's blessing was on Joseph. Verse 1, now Joseph had been brought down to Egypt. Fascinating that this was the very time, the time of Joseph was the very time when the Egyptian project of building pyramids was in its full swing. It had begun before his time, it continued after, it was at its height at the time of Joseph. And so try and picture as the Ishmaelite sort of caravan comes along and, uh, and Joseph's eyes must have widened as he saw these amazing geometric structures, some recently completed and some still in the process of being built. They come along the Nile, they get to a center of population and Joseph is put up for sale. And in this way, we're told, verse 1, he comes to the house of Potiphar, who was an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, who bought him from the Ishmaelites who brought him there. Now, verse 2, we are told this wonderful statement, the Lord was with Joseph. What a marvelous comfort that must have been to him. Joseph was separated from his own father who loved him. 
But nothing, nothing, nothing could separate him from the presence of God. The brothers had taken away his robe and had been so cruel to him, but nobody could take away the blessing of God that was upon him. And the Lord was with Joseph, verse 2, and he became a successful man. And he was in the house of his Egyptian master. Now, this journey from being brought in as the lowest servant to uh, becoming a successful man was quite a journey of promotion for Joseph. Remember that when he arrives in Egypt, he is still just 17 years old. Most likely, as the most recent acquisitions of the household, he would have started work out in the fields working at the lowest level. And what follows is a story of a remarkable career in which Joseph is promoted multiple times. Verse 2, he is brought into the house. Verse 4, he becomes Potiphar's personal attendant. Verse 4, again, he becomes the overseer or manager of the household. And verse 5, Potiphar puts Joseph in charge of all that he had, referring to both the household and also the fields. So by any standards, this is a spectacular career. Joseph was a big success in the employment of this distinguished man, Potiphar. And the Bible underlines this by using the word success twice in two verses. The Lord was with Joseph, verse 2, and he became a successful man, Verse 3, Joseph's, uh, his master saw that the Lord was with him and the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hand. So here we are looking then at a snapshot of a man who is given by God great success in his working life. Fast promotion in his career. Good success in his job. I want us to pause for a few moments then and think about Joseph's work. Verse 3, the Lord caused all that he did, all that he did, all his work, all his daily work, the Lord caused it to succeed in his hands. Now, we look at that phrase, uh, all that he did, and ask the question, what then did Joseph do? And the answer is he must have done many things. I mean, first he had to learn a foreign language. You arrive in Egypt, he would not have known a word of the language and had to learn it from scratch. In order to become the manager of the household, he clearly needs to learn some form of accounting. He needs to acquire management skills, and there are no online courses for him to sign up to do this. All he has to learn is by observation, but he was a quick study. He was a hard worker. He gave himself to this, and God gave him success. This is telling us something very important about our daily work, our employment, your job. Your work matters. And how you do your work matters. It matters to God, and it should matter to you. Now, it's very clear from this story of these multiple promotions in a very short uh, span of verses here that uh, Joseph did his work at these various levels really, really well. He was reliable. He was conscientious. In his work, he stayed focused. He was not distracted. He was honest. Potiphar found he could trust him. He was loyal to the household from which he made his living. There was a pleasantness evidently about his demeanor. 
Joseph brought nothing but good to the house of Potiphar. Brought good to the place where God had set him down for his working life. And I think this is very striking because it would have been easy, surely, for Joseph to arrive in Egypt with a real chip on his shoulder. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be in this job. Why should I labor in the fields? Life isn't fair. Everything's unjust. Why does God allow my brothers to get away with the shameful way that they've treated me? I mean, you could imagine this person being the most difficult person with the worst possible attitude in the entire household. But no, there is not a hint of that in Joseph. Why? Because the Lord is with him. Again, try and put yourself in Joseph's shoes. God has spoken to you. And you know that God has a great purpose for your life. And now here you are laboring the fields in some foreign country doing this uh, work. And you say, now what in the world does this have to do with God's great plan and purpose for my life? Maybe some of you have asked that question. You're in a job that's not particularly fulfilling right now. And you say, now what's it got to do with the great purpose of God for my life? And others of you know what it is at different places in your career to experience this. Joseph gets promoted. And put yourself in his shoes. You become the chief accountant. You become the general manager. You become the CEO, the director of operations, whatever it is. Now you're no longer in the field. You're sitting at your desk. You've really got quite a nice office. And still sometimes you wonder, why in all the world am I doing this? What is the point in this work? I'm doing all this for Potiphar. What does this really have to do with serving the Lord, which is what I really want to do? Well, it has everything to do with serving the Lord. Because this is the work that he has given you to do. And Joseph gives us the most marvelous model of this. What Paul describes in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 7 as rendering service with a good will and doing it Because you see your work as being offered unto the Lord. So there's something very, very important, something wonderfully uplifting with regards to the Christian's approach to the work that God has given to us to do in our employment in this world. Second, I just want you to notice Joseph's perseverance in relation to his work. How long was Joseph working for Potiphar? The answer to that question is 11 years. And we know this simply because Joseph was 17 when he was sold as a slave. We know that from the beginning of chapter 37. We'll see later that he was 30 when he was promoted to prime minister by Pharaoh. But between these two things, there were two years that he spent in prison. So you take 17 from the 30, that gives you 13 minus 2, gives you 11. 11 years serving in Potiphar's house. Now, some folks have the idea that success should come quickly. And that can be true, especially when we are young. I've been doing this job a whole year now. I mean, you know, where's things going? And this story shows us a better way. Sudden success is fraught with spiritual dangers. It really is. 
If God should grant you sudden success, be very, very careful and be very, very wise. I don't know how many times I've seen someone who has lost the path through sudden, sudden, sudden success, sudden prosperity. You only need to look at the stories of people who come into large fortunes of money very, very quickly. They win it or whatever. And, and how often the story that follows is, is a very tragic one. Martin Lloyd-Jones used to say this, the worst thing that can happen to a man is that he should succeed before he is ready. The worst thing that can happen to a man is that he should succeed before he is ready. It takes something to handle success. And God knows when you are ready to be trusted with more. And remember that as we think about the long time that Joseph was serving in Potiphar's house, trust is earned. This is particularly true in the workplace. Remember this. You do not have a right to be trusted. There is no such thing as a right to be trusted. You earn trust by proving faithful over time. Now, this is why it's very significant that um, Joseph had the favor of God before he had the favor of Potiphar. It's always that way around. Why? Because the favor of God is a gift of grace. You don't earn that. It is a free gift lavished upon us in Jesus Christ. The Lord was with him. The favor of God was upon him. That's not earned. That's a gift. But Joseph had to win the favor of Potiphar, and he did that by his loyalty. He did that by the quality of his work over time. That's why in verse 4 it says, Joseph found favor in Potiphar's sight and attended to him. And that growing trust was earned over a period of years as character was observed, as loyalty was evidenced, as quality of work became increasingly apparent. Now, here's the principle, and it's straight from the New Testament scriptures, that the person who is faithful in little is the one who gets trusted with more. That's such an important message. Faithful with little, trusted with much. You're listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and the message, Blessed and Successful part of our series, Snapshots of a Godly Life. If you ever miss any of the messages, you can catch up, you can go back and listen again on the Open the Bible website. That's openthebible.org.uk. We're able to bring you these messages because of your support, and we'd like to thank you for that. If you're able to commit to a regular donation of £5 or more, We'd like to thank you by sending you a copy of a book. It was written many years ago, but you may not have had a chance to read it. It's entitled Holiness by J.C. Ryle. Colin, who is J.C. Ryle and why would we want to read him? Well, John Charles Ryle was a bishop in the Church of England in the 19th century. He was clearly committed to the authority of Scripture And his writings are still widely read today and wonderfully valuable because not only is he clear in his convictions from the Word of God, he's wonderfully clear in the way that he writes. And I find him a joy to read. I have found him helpful for years. He's one of the authors I keep going back to and deriving benefit from. And one of the things that he makes especially clear in this book, Holiness, is 
he points out that for many believers, getting confused between justification, which is God accepting us, and sanctification, which is God changing us, is one of the greatest reasons why Christians become disturbed and lose their peace. And he says something very wonderful. Let me give you a a sample of Ryle here. He says, a true Christian is one who has not only peace of conscience, but war within. He may be known by his warfare as well as his peace. Now, you read that and you say, oh, that's exactly what I experience. I have peace with God on the one hand, and yet I have a struggle going on in my soul on the other. And actually, that's normal, authentic Christian experience. It's that kind of direct clarity that opens the Scripture and applies it to experience that has made Bishop Ryle such a wonderful and helpful author for generations. And I'm just delighted that we're able to make his best-known book, Holiness, available for you. We want to send you a copy of J.C. Ryle's book, Holiness, as a way of saying thank you for supporting the work of Open the Bible. If you are able to commit to a gift of £5 or above this month, in return we would like to send you a copy of this book. You can find out details of this offer on our website, openthebible.org.uk, as well as being able to revisit this message or any of our earlier messages. And starting new this month on Open the Bible, you can hear Pastor Colin Smith's daily devotional messages read by Sue McLeish every day on Open the Bible. For Open the Bible and Pastor Colin Smith, I'm David Pick. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to being with you again next time. Open the Bible is a listener-supported production. The world wants to have the blessing of God. Find out why it can't have it, Next time on Open the Bible.